May is National Stroke Awareness Month. If you or a loved one has suffered a stroke, you are not alone in the recovery process. We hope our episode today is both educational and inspirational. For those who are recovering from a stroke, or those who are caregivers for one who is, thank you for joining us as we explore where neurology and mental health intersect. We hope you are blessed by today's episode. Greetings. Welcome to Mind Redefined. My name is Scott Swanstrom. I am your host, and we are lifting the stigma around mental health. And today's episode is on stroke recovery, the caregiver, and mental health. And we have a very special guest with us today, Dr. Raj Narula. Dr. Narula's passion for healthcare and technology has established him as one of today's most impactful Meditech leaders. He specializes in the fields of vascular neurology, and telestroke, and is a champion for making healthcare accessible and affordable to those who need it most. Dr. Narula is now the Chief Medical Officer at Zavaro, a telestroke and teleneurology service and digital health provider that partners with hospitals and health systems to provide care to patients suffering from acute neurological disease. Dr. Narula regularly evaluates patients here in Florida through telemedicine as part of the medical staff of a 233-bed regional medical center located on the East Coast. Dr. Nurula, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks, Scott. I appreciate you having me. I'm very excited about this. What is one thing that you are celebrating today? I'm pretty excited that I actually have my five-year wedding anniversary coming up in a few months. So my wife and I, and I'm starting to plan a nice little surprise for her. So I think it's going to be fun. I'm really excited about that. Excellent. Is she going to be listening to the podcast? She will be, so hopefully I get some brownie points for that. We'll keep it pretty vague then in, in regards <laughs> to the details, but that's exciting. Congratulations. Thanks so much. It's very exciting for us. Now, Dr. Narula, you are involved in pioneering telestroke medicine, and obviously in a world where COVID-19 has really shifted us to a more virtual platform and a lot of different services, you're involved in a lot of different things, but one particularly I wanted to highlight is a nonprofit that you're involved with. Can you tell us a little bit about that nonprofit? Sure. Thanks, Scott, for bringing that up. So, you know, one of the things that is important for me is bringing access to healthcare to those who really need it the most. Now, we live in a country where we're actually pretty fortunate and very privileged, even though we have some limitations in access to healthcare. When you think about what is happening around the world, it's pretty devastating and heartbreaking. And to think that we live in a country, we have so much and still there's a need. But when you think about what's happening in other countries, it's exponentially more difficult. So what we started was a nonprofit where I was trying to think about how we could connect people in rural villages in other countries with the type of care, the professionals and board certified physicians that we have in the U.S. And this concept came up because we as physicians, clinicians, nurses, healthcare practitioners often want to go and help and serve other countries and those in need and in villages. But sometimes time, constraints, limitations, work, family, different obligations we have here make that a little tough at times. So I thought, well, is there a way we can do this where more people in our country could participate and reach a broader audience internationally? So we started a nonprofit called statseva.org. What we did was we took a bus we transformed this bus into a mobile medical clinic focused on primary care, preventative care, hygiene, especially for women's health and pediatrics. 
where these are patients we're now seeing on a daily basis where a bus will go from village to village six days a week, seeing patients in person and then connecting these patients with board certified physicians in the U.S. through telemedicine. So we've been doing this for about three years now, and it's been really exciting to see success we've had and the impact we've been able to make there. That's fantastic. And that is statseva.org. That's S-T-A-T-S-E-V-A.org. That's correct. Very good. For our listeners, please go check that out and find out a way that you can support them in that. They're doing a great work over in India, and I'd love to see that grow. That's an amazing service that you're providing. All right. So we're going to have a conversation again about stroke recovery. And you've seen a lot in the field as well as through telestroke medicine. What would you say is a stroke? How do you explain that to someone? And how does it affect a person's physiology? Yeah, Scott. So one of the things that breaks my heart at times is the fact that our country, our citizens, our communities have a lack of education and awareness about the signs and symptoms of a stroke. That's why this podcast was really important for me and how I can help improve that awareness around our country, not only for stroke patients, but their caregivers. A stroke basically is similar to a heart attack, but for the brain. Hmm. Now, a lot of people and most people know how severe and scary and how important a heart attack is and you have to act immediately. But stroke doesn't have that same familiarity yet. And that's what I'm really hoping to change over the next few years. A stroke is when you have a clot in one part of the brain within an artery that prevents blood flow to going to one side of the brain, which then can lead someone to be paralyzed on one side of their body. They can have a problem with vision. They can have a problem with speaking where they cannot speak or it can lead to slurred speech. They can also have a facial droop on one side, also have problems with balance. And these are a few of the signs and symptoms of a stroke that I want to bring awareness to within our communities. And this is a really uh, at-home conversation that we're having. And I know a lot of folks are discovering or are experiencing that friends and loved ones are having strokes. And this is something that is uh, near and dear to my heart. It's something that I have experienced through a loved one as well. In the field, how have you seen stroke affect one's mental health? I know you're walking with patients through recovery and giving them the supports that they need, but you're seeing that correlation with mental health issues. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, you know, it's really important for practitioners, physicians, nurses, and caregivers to understand what does a patient go through after they have a stroke? So me as a stroke neurologist, I see this pretty often. We see a patient in the hospital, we'll care for them while they're in the hospital. They have supervised care, their meals, their blood pressure, everything's checked very closely and minutely. What happens when they go home? What kind of access do they have? What resources do they have? Do they have the right environment? Do they have the right instructions, the right equipment and resources to be successful and recover from the stroke afterwards? And this is where I've noticed a lot of challenges for my patients. Great when you're in the hospital, it's a structured setting. They can be set up for success. But what happens when they go home? And that's that's difficult. And a big part of it is we've learned that 30% of our stroke patients will at some point suffer from depression. And if you think about that, that's a pretty high number when you compare that to the depression rates nationally around the country, which are not as high as 30%. So what can we do, one, to understand how to recognize those as caregivers? Number two, how that impacts and affects them. And number three, how to counter that? What can we do to help them get through that as well? 
So that is just one part of it. And there are many facets and reasons as to how and why they go through this struggle. And what I want to make sure people know is if you are going through something like that, you should be empowered to understand how and where to seek the right resources and to know that you can get through this. We have a lot of patients who've been through this and have been successful in countering their depression. Fantastic. And I really want to highlight and celebrate the caregivers that are taking care of those who have suffered stroke. It's just really one of those unsung hero things where they really need the support and the uh, affirmations that are encouraging to them. So if you are a caregiver and you are listening out there and you are taking care of someone who has experienced a stroke, my hat's off to you. It's a hard work, but there are hopes and helps that are available to you. And so uh, that's really why we're having the conversation that we're having today. Dr. Narula, what recommendations would you make to the caregiver regarding their own mental health? Scott, I applaud you for bringing awareness and the caregivers to light because they are absolutely unsung heroes. You know, when I see patients in my clinic and they're with a significant other or a spouse, I often have to guide and counsel the patients on, yes, you had a stroke. I know you're going through a tough time, right? This is an uphill battle for you. But at the same time, your loved ones are also going through their own challenges, which may not be as apparent or visible because our attention naturally will gravitate towards the one who is having a speech impairment, towards the one who naturally is having a problem moving their arms or with their vision. And unconscious or subconsciously, not neglecting, but probably not giving the caregivers the attention they may need as well from a resource standpoint. So this is really important. So I I really appreciate your question. And what I would say to the caregivers is make sure you also are able to recognize what's going on with you and how you're going through this disease process. Because as a patient goes through, as your loved one is going through it, you are also going through this at the same time. It's one of the unique things, unfortunately, Scott, about stroke patients and their journeys. It's not a journey they take alone. It is a journey that others have to help them through. They do an excellent job with it. I've seen and spoken to so many family members who have just committed themselves towards helping their families or friends who have given up their careers, who have given up their time, weekends, days and nights, including financial sacrifices that they make. So from my perspective, it's really important for the caregivers to understand you're appreciated. And in order for you to continue taking care of them, you have to take care of yourself. And mental health is really an important area that we want them to focus and never, ever to feel like they're alone in this, not to ever feel like seeking or asking for guidance or help or assistance is something they should hesitate to do because what they're going through is not unique. They're not in this alone. There are others that are also going through the same thing that can help them and based on their success and how they got through this experience. That's good. In the uh, mental health training world, as we are walking alongside mental health providers, we often share in our trainings just the importance of self-care for those who are taking care of others. And we really want to just encourage folks, wherever you are, be 100% there, be 100% available. And the way that we ensure that is we take care of ourselves also. And we have those good self-care practices in place. And we'll use the illustration where when you're flying on an airplane, the flight attendant usually gives you some instructions for safety 
and they'll describe a scenario in which the cabin might lose air pressure and the oxygen mask falls from the ceiling. And their instruction to you always is to secure your own oxygen mask first before you assist somebody else. And I just really feel like that's a great illustration that in order to be 100% available for others, you have to take care of yourself and you need to be on your game. And so uh, that's how we do that. So again, hats off to the caregivers that are out there who are supporting those who have experienced stroke as well as other medical issues and ailments. And so you guys are unsung heroes and we just celebrate you. Dr. Narula, how would you provide hope to someone who is struggling with a mental health challenge as a result of stroke? Yeah, I think from the perspective of what they're doing is so meaningful and so difficult. So knowing that what they're doing and helping their loved ones with or their friends is something that they should be proud of. It's something they should understand that is not something anyone and everyone can do. The role they're playing is so meaningful and something that in the short term sounds like it's difficult. But in the long term, I'm a big believer in karma. And when you're doing something without an expectation of return, doing it for the right reasons, good things are going to come your way. That's actually the basis of the name of our company. So the name of our company is Savaro. And the name of the company was combined with two words put together, Seva and Karo in my language, which means to do good for someone else without an expectation of return. And I want to remind the caregivers that, look, you might be going through a tough time, but take care of yourself, just like Scott was saying, and the healthy eating, right? Being mindful of what's going in your body, being mindful of exercise on a daily basis as well, taking time for yourself. And there's going to be times where taking care of a caregiver can be tough. I have a a two-year-old son, so I know how tough it can be taking care of someone full time. And I would equate that to taking care of someone that's not well. And being able to step away at times as well, time for yourself, nurturing your own mind and body, that's really important. And there are a lot of resources out there for someone who might be struggling with some mental health or depression, one of which our company has started called My Stroke Journey. And we started this support program. It's completely free for stroke patients, stroke survivors, and their caregivers, where it's a monthly virtual meeting they can attend from their home. And we, as myself, as a neurologist, I have access to resources that they may not have. I have friends who are psychiatrists, psychologists, physical therapists, speech therapists, who would, I can assure you, voluntarily help anyone for free, just out of the goodness of their heart. And that's where this came from. So we started a group, a support program called My Stroke Journey, which I would encourage anyone to try and participate in and see if that could be a good resource where we can help connect some dots for those who are having a tough time navigating the healthcare system and also taking care of themselves. That's a fantastic resource. If a patient or family member wanted to learn more about these services that are available, where would you direct them to find this information? Yeah, they can go right on our website. It's www.savaro.com. That's S-E-V-A-R-O.com. And they can click on My Stroke Journey. Fantastic. Dr. Narula, thank you so much for your time today and your insight in regards to telestroke medicine and how it relates to depression and anxiety. Again, we uh, just really want to provide those resources for caregivers as well as those who have suffered stroke and are in recovery. We just want to uh, support you and there's some great resources out there. And Dr. Narula, thank you again so much for your time. Thank you, Scott. It was, uh, I'm humbled to be a guest here and I appreciate your time. We look forward to another conversation here in the future. Awesome. Thank you.